Hey everybody, it's Ron Johnson and I'm caffeinated today. So you know what that means, it's Friday. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota and it's a Friday round table. We got the full cast. We got Reggie Wilson from Care 11. We got Julia Daniels also from Care 11. We have her cat somewhere back there. We have Sam Ekstrom, the producer that does it all. And I'm Ron Johnson, your host for the day. And we are gonna get into these topics. I mean, there's Wolves conversation. The Gophers, girls and boys basketball teams are doing well, mm, kind of, sort of. We got the Vikings and Kirk Cousins have made it back into the media. There's so much to talk about. Anthony Edwards, top 10 sports center play. We'll talk about that. I'm not happy with him where he is in the top 10. So we'll talk about that. But we got to get locked in on these topics. Reggie, what you got for us? Hey, we're going to talk Timberwolves. Uh, They do what they're supposed to do. They're beating teams. There's an 8-0 against the bottom six teams in the league this year. So they're doing what they're supposed to do. This is a different Wolves team this year. And we've got who, since we're at that halfway point, who we think the MVP so far this season is for those Timberwolves. NFL Divisional Weekend coming up Saturday and Sunday. All these teams acquired their quarterbacks in many different ways. Which way should the Vikings emulate if they move on from Kirk Cousins? And speaking of the Vikings moving on from Kirk Cousins, is Kirk Cousins going to follow a Hall of Fame coach from the mouth of himself? From Kirk himself, we'll hear about that. We'll get his quote, and then we'll discuss that. Also, I want everybody to know, today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. I've done it before. It works simple. It's on your phone. You can scan it right when you walk in the door, and you don't have to worry about your tickets. Because I don't know if you guys heard, the Detroit Lions fans got scammed. There's some scammers out there for this Lions game. Those tickets didn't exist, and those fans were out there thinking they were going into a real game. So if you want to make sure you have secure tickets, go to the Game Time app. Don't trust some random dude in Detroit. I know. I used to be one. So it's time to jump into this show. <laughs> Let's kick this off with some Vikings playoff talk. Kirk Cousins with NFL playoffs. Sam's. it's the best time of the year. Take it away. Divisional weekend is the best weekend, I think. You got four games. You got berths in the championship games on the line. It's so much fun. And you look at these eight teams left, and there's like three or four paths through which they acquired their quarterbacks. There's many different ways to slice the apple. Um, The Texans, they drafted a rookie, played him right away. It worked out. 49ers, they stumbled upon a rookie last year with Brock Purdy, but they kind of went intentionally or unintentionally the rookie QB route. The Packers, the Chiefs, they drafted a first-round guy, sat them for a year or more in the case of Jordan Love. You've got the Lions and the Bucks. They found a bridge veteran quarterback, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield. So you've got these diverging paths, and they all got to the same place with different methods of finding their quarterback. The Vikings have this situation at their, their feet right now. What do they do? Do they draft a rookie, play him right away? Do they draft a, a rookie? sit him for a year, and then play him? Or do they find a bridge like Baker Mayfield? Which path should the Vikings take if they don't re-sign Kirk Cousins? And we'll talk more about Kirk later in the show. My opinion, I think you draft the rookie. Mm -hmm. I think you draft the rookie, you play him right away. I think you take your lumps because you want as much information as you can when they're early in their rookie deal. I don't think you want to be the Packers who wait three years and get no value for that rookie contract. 
I think the key is to build your team around the rookie quarterback. So you've got four or five years where you can funnel money into the defense, into the skill players around the quarterback. That's the way I would go. I'd go the Texans way and see if it works out. And if it doesn't, it's not like you spent a million your bajillion dollars at that position. It's on a rookie contract. So that's my take. What about you guys? Reggie. Yeah, I would, I would draft one as well. Like the one thing that I was kind of thinking about is, you know, maybe taking a flyer and, and maybe trading for a guy like Justin Fields, but like, I don't really know what that price tag is going to be. And, you know, he could be kind of like that bridge guy that can actually win you some football games a la Baker Mayfield uh, down in Tampa. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing with him. I feel like if if Belichick goes to Atlanta, they may not pull off that trade with Chicago. I don't know that that's the guy that Belichick will want to, you know, hitch his wagon to to start his his tenure in Atlanta. But I think as far as the Vikings go, like I've been big on Michael Penix. Like that's that's I'm all in on that guy. I know the the national championship was not his best showing, but I think we've seen enough from him to know that he can sling it with some more coaching. He can be a legitimate quarterback in the NFL. And I think I'm just going to stick with that. At 11, I'm a little leery um just because you you think about uh the Gerard Mayo press conference um the other day with the Patriots and he kind of hinted that they would probably take a quarterback and if you look at those top three picks the the Patriots are in those top three like okay there there's the three who's your third Jaden Daniels maybe um after May and Williams at number one so I'm a little scared that that Penix would would be there or not but we were talking about it yesterday the athletic I guess their mock draft had Penix going all the way at 41. So I, I'm not really sure if that is uh is gonna is gonna happen because these run on quarterbacks, they tend to happen every every year in the draft. I just don't know that a guy that talented will fall that far. So I'm a little I'm a little antsy, I guess, if I'm at eleven to see if Penix will fall to the Vikings. But if if he's there. You go, you take them. And I don't know, with all the holes that they have, I don't know that trading up into the top 10 would be feasible um, because they do have a lot of things that they need to shore up on that team. But I don't know, especially with how Kirk is talking, and we'll talk about that later. I don't know that, I don't know that just banking on him to come back is, is the way to go. Julia. Yeah, I think that that's interesting. Reggie and I and, and our producer, William, were talking about how the Athletic had Michael Pinnock so far down. And I said, I think it's because everyone's scarred from the Will Levis thing last year. So they're like, we don't, we just don't know. So everyone's just kind of throwing things out there. Um, but I will say, um, I think Vikings fans and those of us that cover the Vikings are also scarred from backup quarterbacks for this season. So if Cousins isn't back, yeah, I'd say take a rookie um, and start him next year. Uh, all of these guys that we saw this year proved to us exactly who they were and, and why their careers have looked like what they've looked like so far. 
So I say uh, get a rookie quarterback in here, um, have him work with KOC for all this time. Couldn't agree more with what you said, Sam, about on a rookie contract, get your value there. Um, and who knows? Maybe you you luck out and you and you get your next franchise quarterback. I would say also waiting, maybe waiting to see what those first three picks are and then trading up. Um, if there is one of those quarterbacks left after that, which I'm assuming that there will be. Um, but yeah, Penix or or I would love to see Jaden Daniels here too. Um mm-hmm. you have so many weapons offensively. Um on this Vikings team that I think it, it could potentially be a rookie's dream to come here. And you throw to guys like Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson, and you've got Hawk out there too. Um, so yeah, I would say 100%. If cousins is not coming back, you draft a quarterback with your first pick in the draft this year. Um, no doubt. But yeah, would love to see Penix. Um, but it's just such a toss up right now. I'm so glad that I'm not in a position where I have to make any of these decisions because um, the way that the draft went last year, totally different than everyone was expecting, especially when it came to the quarterbacks that uh, you just really don't know. And especially coming off of a year like this, where it was the year of the backup quarterback. So it's kind of like, you're guessing what other teams need, just like they're guessing what you guys need here in Minnesota too. So yeah, I would say uh, Kirk's not coming back. Absolutely. Bring in a rookie and you start him immediately. I like all those takes. Here's where I go. You got to bring Kirk Cousins back. I like the love Mahomes, Lamar Jackson route. I don't, I'm not saying three years, but I'm saying give them a year at least. Like if you can get Kirk on a one-year deal, which you probably can't, Kirk wants at least two, I'm pretty sure at his age coming off an Achilles but I draft a quarterback as his backup, knowing you're going to get to learn KLC's system. We're not going to Jaron Hall you. When you get in, you're going to know what's going on. And I think that's going to be the thought. I am not a fan of Amir, or Amir, uh, Michael Penix. Uh, Amir Penix, by the way, people, was a running back for the Gophers. So that's why if I keep doing that uh, for the everydayers. Former running back for the Gophers, Amir Penix. Look him up. He was, he was pretty good. Uh, yeah. But Michael Penix Jr. to me, again, I, I'm scarred from the Michigan game. Like, I don't, I don't really care about Will Levis. Will Levis came in in the Tennessee game and showed he can play uh, when he got his opportunity. I'm more worried about that Michigan game of a team that just said, we're not going to – we're not even blitzing you. We're just going to give you coverage. And he missed some throws. Now, some of the stuff on tape, you can – like, he'll get interviewed and they'll say, hey, was that a missed throw or did your, your receiver run the wrong route? He'll be honest in those meetings. He'll probably also say like, yeah, it was a corner, but I probably should have still hit him because he was wide open. Like he's going to say something very political to make sure he's not throwing his receivers under the bus because those guys are trying to get to the league as well. Um, but I, I, I'm i just not a fan. I do like, I mean, again, I like J.J. McCarthy because I think he's a guy with his size that can just sit in the pocket. He also can run. Uh, he makes really good decisions and he's been coached by an NFL style coach. That's That's the one I'm looking at. I think Brock Purdy was lightning in a bottle, just like Tom Brady, but we'll see where Brock Purdy's career goes. Uh, I'm looking at the most recent beef between RG3 and uh, Gruden. That showed me there, like, if RG3 could have sat for a little bit, maybe he was better. Who got to sit behind RG3? Kirk Cousins. Who's having a better career? Kirk Cousins. I I believe in sitting for a little bit. Like, look at Mayfield and golf. Golf, again, that was the Rams made a Super Bowl, but they kind of pushed him away because he came in early. They thought Matthew Stafford was the answer. Mayfield, same thing. Pushed him away. Now he's doing well after sitting back behind some guys and getting a new swagger, as he said. Uh, last year, he got his swagger back. 
I, I believe in sitting for a little bit and then coming in. So I'm, I'm hoping they can still draft a top guy. And there's no like, look, you're going to sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year or two, and then we're going to give you the reins. And then you're going to go in knowing the entire playbook and you'll be good to go. But that's just me. But with that said, Kirk Cousins recently got interviewed and, and they asked him about uh, playing Belichick and having an opportunity to maybe play for Belichick if he gets the job with the Falcons. He does have another meeting with Arthur Blank. Uh, Arthur Blank probably has told Belichick, you owe me. I let you win. We were up 28 to three and I could have told my coach, just run the ball, four minute offense. And I decided to let you win. So you owe me this one. Come to Atlanta and try to make my team better, but you're going to need a quarterback. Here's what Kirk Cousins had to say. Would you ever play for him if you got a chance? I'm not going to turn down an opportunity to play with a you know future Hall of Fame coach, but uh, we'll have to see where March leads. It's just a lot of unknowns right now. And that's basically him just saying, if I had an opportunity to play for Belichick, would I do it? And his answer I would be dumb to turn down a chance to play for a Hall of Fame coach. Now, the question is, he said, when March comes, he's probably going to see what the Vikings want to offer. His agent, like he said, he said, I don't talk to my agent until he has real substantial information. So the Falcons might come calling. The Washington Commanders might come calling again. Who knows? There's a lot of new coaches getting jobs. We know Aaron Glenn from the Lions might get a job. He might call Kirk Cousins. Um, so there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. The Buccaneers, I mean, they're they're not dead set on Baker. They might call Kirk. I mean, there's a lot of teams that might call Kirk Cousins and say, hey, come win us a Super Bowl because some of these rosters are ready to go minus a quarterback. The Cleveland Browns, when you think about Stefanski, he had Kirk Cousins. The Cleveland Browns might come a call it. So with all that said, your thoughts on Kirk Cousins, one, saying he'd go to another team, but two, willing to play for uh, Belichick. I'll start with you, Julia. I think this is definitely a turning point from what we heard from him just a few weeks ago um, when he was like, I'll take a hometown discount to, he didn't say that, <laughs> but it was implied. <laughs> I'll take a hometown discount. He He's always saying, I mean, he said it for, you know, since we got to talk to him for the first time since his um, surgery, he wants to, he wanted to be a one team quarterback. Um, and now, now that he's with the Vikings, he wants to be just a two team quarterback. And the fact that he's saying this now on a podcast tells me something has changed. Um, my thoughts are it's, I mean, it's exactly what Kirk said. We really don't know a whole lot, right? He doesn't even know a whole lot about what's going on or what will happen. Um, but it definitely is something to be considered. And I'm glad that you brought it up Ron, today because it's, it's, something that we haven't heard from Kirk yet. We haven't heard him say something like this. Um, we've always heard a lot of loyalty to this Vikings team. And the fact that he's saying, you know, now that I'm here in Belichick might be uh, somewhere else that needs a quarterback. I would consider doing that. And so I just find it interesting. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of take for me to have on this, but I just do find it interesting that uh, for so long we heard about how he he wants to be here he wants to do this he wants to do that and then um very willingly he's he's like yeah but i would go play for him just that's his immediate answer so it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to think about for sure reggie so i wouldn't say it's posturing but i would say that he is playing the game i think you know we've only talked to him in the context of being a Viking and now he's doing a little bit more press. You know, he was in Antigua 
lately and then you know now he's he's doing interviews in his house with a sweater on which i still don't i don't i don't understand why he was so dressed up just to do a zoom but but i also think you know when you have an an achilles injury and you miss most of the season i think you're just like hey like if y'all don't want me i know some teams that would like I, i i play some good football i've been playing good football the last several years of my career so if you don't want me, like I, I know some teams that would that would be ready and willing to come and scoop me up. So I think it's just it's it's all part of him playing the game. And you know, he is right. We'll see what happens come March and when decisions really have to be made. Um, because we we have not yet seen the Vikings, you know, with the chance to move on from Kirk Cousins, they have not yet pulled the trigger on doing that. So I'm interested to see how March plays out. But he's like, hey, look, I I got interested suitors, you know, like, don't, don't just think I'm a, I'm a, a one woman man. Like I got, I got some, I got some things going. I'm a player. <laughs> Rick has made really no insinuation that there's going to be a hometown discount. I mean, I think he acknowledged that he like heard of the phrase, but he's more concerned about structure, AKA he's concerned about length guaranteed money. If Atlanta wants to come in with a sweetheart deal with a third year or any team for that matter, and they guarantee some of that money, I think Kirk is is ultimately a businessman. And here's the other part about Atlanta. That's Julie Cousins' hometown. Like, so it's not, talk about a hometown discount. They would be going to Julie's home. In fact, they got married there. I believe they lived there for a period of time. So there's a lot of pull to Atlanta. Let's also consider that the last in-person impression Bill Belichick has of Kirk Cousins, if he's the one uh, calling the shots here, 33-26 on Thanksgiving. And Kirk, earlier in that clip, we didn't hear it, but he was very complimentary of Bill Belichick's defense. But the last time Kirk played that defense, 30 of 37 for 299 and three touchdowns and a Vikings win on Thanksgiving. Masterful performance. However, I am not sure that Turk and Belichick is a great marriage personality-wise. I mean, we saw what happened when Kirk came to a new city with a hard-nosed coach in Minnesota. He shrunk into his shell. Um, he seemed defensive. He seemed skittish. He didn't seem like he could share his opinion very clearly. That's whatever whatever the relationship with Zimmer was. I feel like it's amplified with Bill Belichick in terms of tension, in terms of lack of humor, lack of emotional like connection. So I don't know if that's a perfect fit, but I do see the like family connection to Atlanta, could see Atlanta wanting to spend big on a quarterback. So it makes sense, except for the coach QB relationship. I don't know if that's going to work out. Yeah, and we know that uh, Kirk Cousins needs a coach that, you know, really, really, like, pours into him, which is Kevin O'Connell. Belichick at this stage in his career, who knows, because we've seen him throw quarterbacks under the bus. Uh, We've seen him been been very uh, unhappy with Mac Jones in the media, which I don't know if Kirk could handle that. I don't know if Kirk could even have a comeback to a Hall of Fame coach. Like, if a Hall of Fame coach is saying you did something wrong, what do you say to that? Like, he's won – Super Bowl. He's played with the greatest quarterback ever. That's the other thing. That's a lot of pressure playing for a guy who once coached Tom Brady 
to seven Super Bowl or six Super Bowls. And that's that's where I think people are forgetting is like there's a lot of pressure that comes with jumping to Atlanta, uh, being, you know, yes, it's the hometown for your wife. So that is actually a nice little nugget there, Sam. But at the end of the day, I don't know if that's going to be enough when you look at having to uproot your family. If it's the same money, same number of years, maybe Minnesota is the place to be. Um, it's a better team than Atlanta. Uh, as we've seen. So, no, it, it'll be fun to see what happens. But, yeah, Julie, I love what Julie said. Kirk Cousins now saying this. I think I was going to use the gunshot. I know, Reggie, you know this, the, the freestyle battles when somebody drops a bar, you know, they do the, you know, like that's Kirk Cousins just dropping a bar on, on the on the owners. Like, I'm going to just drop this down. Mike drop him a walk off because now this is going viral. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, so don't be surprised if, like, he's not getting texts right now from Mark Wilf. Uh, like, hey, man, like, I get it. Like, Kevin O'Connor's going to the Hall of Fame too one day. So just just relax, just relax. And so I, I think that's going to be also Atlanta's receivers compared to Justin Jefferson, uh, Jordan Addison, and TJ Hawkinson. I think that's another big point. Are you going to get better just because Bill Belichick's there? We've already seen the answer in, uh, in New England is no. Uh, but we got a word from our sponsors when we come back. We got to talk about this Wolves Grizzlies because. Anthony Edwards, when he asked, he said, man, I saw somebody do that in an all-star game, and I've always wanted to do it. So he was Vince Carter-esque, Tracy McGrady-esque, Michael Jordan, all wrapped up into one little package called the Ant-Man. We'll talk about this Wolves-Grizzlies game. I saw some really, really key indicators to how this team can win an NBA championship. We'll talk about that much more when we come back after a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Last night, there were some sweet deals to get to that Wolves game. I saw $18 to get in the door and watch a absolute performance by Anthony Edwards. Tonight, if you're not watching Gophers Buckeyes on Fox 9 with Pat McLeddy and me, you can uh, get into Mariucci for $11 tonight and watch Big Ten Hockey resume as the Gophers take on Ohio State. Deals like that abounding. At game time and the game time app, you can get in last minute. They've got flash deals, zone deals. And if you find after you purchased, if you find tickets in that row for less, they will refund 110% of the difference. They're not messing around at game time. So download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, now it's time to talk about some fun stuff. We already talked about some kind of personal Vikings matters. We had to get that out the way. By the way, I'm wearing the Sam Bradford, Greg Coleman, Kirk Cousins mix. This is the throwback jersey. So it's not just a Kirk Cousins homage, even though I want him to come back. I'm paying homage to Sam Bradford as well and Greg Coleman uh, with the baggy sleeves. But Reggie, Wolves, Grizzlies, take it away. Last night felt like, especially through three quarters, it felt like the Wolves of old. It was like, oh, man, no John Morant. no Desmond Bain, like no, no real person – of of um like somebody somebody that really like made you afraid right they had jaron jackson jr and he was the focal point you know jaron's dealt with injuries and you know all that good stuff but he's a good basketball player 
And he showed being the first option last night that he was not, they, they kept alluding to this on the TNT broadcast. He showed he was not scared of the Timberwolves twin towers, you know, the, the, the vaunted defense that they were throwing out there. He was not scared. 36 points last night, foul trouble, as Chuck said, probably kept him from going for 40 or more because he was getting buckets and he was having his way. But what we saw from the Wolves in that fourth quarter was absolutely impressive. Before I get to that, though, Nas Reed, five for five from the field, three for three from three, in just a flurry of three minutes to close the first quarter was incredible. Incredible. We're in the, the sports office last night just like making weird noises like children. We were just so giddy watching what we were seeing last night. It was incredible. He's an instant offense. Probably probably one of my favorite players to watch on that Timberwolves team because he just comes in. He's like a microwave. He's like, all right, I'm just going to go out here and get us some buckets. And he helped them get back into that game because – the Grizzlies ended up getting up by like 13 points out of nowhere. He's just like, whoa, what is going on? Why are they doing this against the lowly Grizzlies? And then Nas comes in and microwaves. So then the fourth quarter happens. Anthony Edwards had two points in the first half, and it was like, okay, what's going on? He said Kyle Anderson talked to him at halftime, was just like, hey, that, that doesn't look like a superstar performance to me. And he locked in and and. 26 in the in the second half and, and ended up doing his thing and what we saw from him was absolutely incredible a la you know you said um michael jordan tracy mcgrady vince carter to me it looked i thought kobe with that throwing it off the backboard and dunking it like that was an incredible play but you had two two wins this uh this week against lowly teams in the league where you kind of had to scratch fight and claw for it and two on a back-to-back -back beating two lowly teams they got it done that's all that needs to be said sam yeah couple couple things to mention i brought this up on wednesday's minnesota basketball party wolves talk every wednesday check it out as of wednesday there were 14 lottery teams right the bottom seven in the east bottom seven in the west as of Wednesday, the Wolves had won 13 games in a row against projected lottery teams. Then they beat the Pistons, then they beat the Grizzlies. That's 15 straight against the bottom of the league. This team takes care of business. And last night we saw the switch flip, right? All the great teams have it, the switch flip. You're coasting, you're treading water, engage, take off, turbo boosters, Outscored Memphis by 20 points in the fourth quarter. And my favorite Anthony Edwards half of the year. Not even close. The second half yesterday. Didn't feel like he was selfish. Got other people involved while scoring himself. Thought attack first. He wasn't settling. Attacking first. Getting to the rim cold-blooded three kind of when they needed it to to put the nail in at the end but floating through the air flying i mean in the, in the second half alone he had the oop from conley he had the throw off the backboard he had that that 
you know, gliding uh, dunk where Kevin Harlan dropped a flight five has cleared for takeoff. It was, I love K-Har on the call. Brings me back to my childhood. Great second half. Um, really fun game. Because I thought Memphis, it, this was not an ugly game. Like Memphis played a really high quality game and the Wolves had to match it. And they did. It was, it was, it was great. 30 wins at the halfway point. Julia. Um, yeah, I just kept, had gone home at, at, at this point of the night because it was such a late game, but kept looking on Twitter and seeing all these clips of Anthony Edwards. And all I could think was like, he looks like one of those like badass little kids in the backyard that knows he's better than everybody else. Right. And nobody, none of the kids want to play with him. They're like, here he comes. But that was just the second half performance, right? Like, like Reggie said, he only had two points in the first half, but he kind of proved that point. He said in his post-game interview that um, he just came to that realization, or as Sam said, the the switch flipped at halftime. He came to the realization that quote unquote nobody could guard me, so I just started BSing, and he, that's what he did. I mean, he literally just went out there and decided to have fun with the team that he knew he was better than, right? Just like the insane, I and all I could do was really follow it on Twitter because I don't have Valley here at my house. Just the insane stuff that he's been doing lately. It's like he's really, I mean, we we saw the potential for so long, but um, he's really, really starting to cement himself as like this huge superstar in the league. I also think it's, I was, you know, looking at Reggie's tweets last night and not only was Reggie saying, I'm sure, all of these weird sounds in the sports office, he was tweeting them as well. There was one that was like, ooh weep, or something like that. And then just Nas Reed in parentheses, or in, in uh, what, is, what is this? Cool. Uh, parentheses, parentheses yeah. right? <laughs> Sorry, brain fart. Um, and then Ryan's tweeting out, and he's like, "Wow, this is some of the best money that the what do <laughs> some I do of the best hands? money that the Wolves have ever spent." <laughs> I feel is, like Ricky uh, Bobby is paying Nas Reed. Yeah, he couldn't think. Um, just, I mean, it's it's what you guys said in both of your takes. It's you started to think that first half was going like how we saw the Wolves do last year, and then they come in the second half, and you're like, oh, here's the team that we've been following all season. Um, just their ability to turn it on like that and come out and be completely different in the second half. Like you said, Sam, that's what championship-level teams do. Um, but it's just so fun to watch. Um, excited to see where the season leads, but just to see Anthony Edwards – do that kind of stuff. I mean, that alone sells tickets. So uh, I think it's interesting. I also thought it was interesting when I saw that KG had kind of taken a dig at former ownership and said, uh, ever since ownership changed, uh, we're seeing a brand new Anthony Edwards, which I thought was interesting, um, a little petty. But I would say, and yeah, lately just – superhuman superhuman mm -hmm. stuff that we're seeing from him so it's fun for us to cover right well this is what i'll say they're lucky kevin garnett is nice to glenn taylor because i've seen him go off on uh his homeboy his own boy for the celtics when they do their little i don't know if you've seen i'm pretty sure you guys have seen that the little him and him and uh uh paul pierce 
Like he will go off on Paul Pierce for being out of pocket. So he's been very reserved uh, with ownership for the Timberwolves. So they should be very happy that he has not taken to Twitter like Cole Beasley and RG3. Um, RG3 has gone absolutely off on Jay Gruden and Cole Beasley is now fighting some random dude uh, about nail polish. So it is a very strange world right now on the, on the world of the online Twitter beefs. Uh, but I, really quick, I watched the game last night. It was amazing. I was nail biting at first. The fact that Anthony Edwards only had two points. I'm like, here we go. And Jaron Jackson, I will say this. The Timberwolves are lucky. Jaron Jackson was in foul trouble because he was on an absolute heater. He like embodied everything a 6'10 person with strength should do and he just went at whoever was in his way he was on he had everything from like easy post like he wasn't out of body he was doing easy post moves using his length and when he got in foul trouble the fourth and that fifth foul I'm like oh I'm like that's actually a bonus for the Timberwolves and then they pulled away and ended up winning I think like 103 118 but here's what I saw Nas Reed I think you brought it up Reggie Nas Reed like he carried the team when they needed it. They didn't have a spark and he gave it to him where he's that guy at the gym that you just find him. Like I love slow-mo on that fast break after Nas Reed had already hit, I think two or three threes. He could have easily just laid it up or dunked it really slow, like a sloth, but he kind of went slow. Like he was going to Euro lay it up. And then he just threw it off to Nas Reed. Like, go ahead and keep going. Like this is, I think it was like eight or 11 straight for Nas Reed at that point. And then in the third quarter, you saw Anthony Edwards turning on Anthony Edwards in the third quarter went off. He just went off. But that Vince Carter dunk, that was like, I'm in a Twitter argument right now with a guy saying that was traveling because he doesn't know basketball. But that was picturesque. That was perfect. He was unstoppable. He was getting to the bucket. Even when he was getting fouled, like you could hear him yell, to, hey, you know, when guys get fouled, they don't get, but he didn't argue. He ran down the court. He didn't, he didn't whine and 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 get a go off on the refs. He just looked and he's like, look, they're hitting me every time. Then eventually they start giving him the and one or the foul. But Anthony Edwards is an unstoppable force. And I love to see it. 28 points, 26 in the second half. Carlton Towns plays again. Rudy Gobert, though, the blocks. I think he had like six blocks at one point. I saw it was like, like it was a season high. He also gave them fits. It would they could not fit number seven for the uh for 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 uh the Grizzlies. He was scared to shoot the ball sometimes because Rudy Gobert was just in the area. Like that's the kind of effect Rudy Gobert needs to have down the stretch. And I love like when you hear the commentators talk, it's almost like they had never really paid attention to the Timberwolves because all of a sudden they were like giving them props. Like, Oh, I, I wasn't familiar with this. I didn't know they could do this. I didn't know he could do this. I like, like, dude, watch the game. Like watch, watch the, they're the number one team in the West and you guys are enamored with the Lakers. Like and the Lakers suck right now. And you guys are enamored. Like we see more LeBron interviews and we see Anthony Edwards interviews. And that's the problem. Like yeah, LeBron that, should not me too, Ryan. That yeah. Like it's, they uh Kenny Kenny Smith mentioned preseason performances from Anthony Edwards last night. I'm like, yo, the season is like at the midway point. Right. What are we doing? Yeah, and and it's it, it is what it is. Like like I get it now as I get older. I understand when they say big market versus small market. Uh, but why players jump ship and become free agents in bigger markets because you get more TV time, you get more endorsements, you get more sleep number ads, you get golf simulators like you get all kinds of stuff when you're in a big market but the way to make your market a big market win a championship and i, I wish they had more games on tnt but it's yeah. minnesota if, if the lakers were number one and reggie you know this 
they'd be on TNT every single night at this point right now because they'd be number or ESPN because they were the number one seed. And it sucks that Minnesota doesn't get that same respect. Also, I did see, though, like uh, who bailed out? Was it Amazon just bailed out Valley Sports? Yes. So there's a chance we might start getting some Amazon games. I heard it it has to go through like FCC and other crap. But take it away with the MVPs, Julia. Um, So I'm going to go with I feel like this is a fairly easy decision. It's the guy who's been consistent. It's the guy that. Minnesotans at least know is the halfway point MVP, I feel like. Um, I saw a tweet the other day that said, God didn't make anyone perfect, but he came pretty close with Mike Conley. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I thought you say Michael Jordan. No. <laughs> <That was cool>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, maybe nationally he doesn't get the attention that he deserves, but I feel like here and – the people that cover him and the fans that follow the Timberwolves know how important Mike Connolly is to this team. He's such a difference maker. He knows how to lead an offense. Um, it's what we talked about, what, last week or two weeks ago when we when he – he's only missed – correct me if I'm wrong. He's only missed one game this season, right? Um, and when he was oh, not Boston. out there – Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. When he was not out there, that is when Ant started having some issues being decisive. Um, running the shot clock down, not really knowing what to do. And that's when I had said, I think it would be really great for Mike Connolly and Ant to kind of work and and for him to learn about how Mike Connolly does things on the floor. I will also say, and Rudy said this, I think last night, that Mike Connolly's playing better now than he was three years ago. And the other part of it is, and honestly, I don't think the age thing really has much to do with like making it more impressive but it still is impressive that he's 36 years old and playing the way that he is he doesn't look like he's 36 out there um he was drafted when i was in third grade which is just like wild he he keeps up with the 20 20 year olds that are out there um but great trade for the wolves getting him in there uh and i think last night it was really funny that anthony edwards said that he used to make money off of 2k because he was playing with mike Connolly when he was eight years old um just the consistency from the guy i think he's an unsung hero on the national level just like the wolves are just in general but um he is such a difference maker when he's out there he's in it and you have to have guys that are consistent like that if you want to continuously win games and especially if you want to go far in the postseason too so without a doubt I'm going to have to go Mike Connolly. And he's such a likable guy, too. You know, everyone talks about how nice he is. Um, He treats the media well, the local media well. Um, But he's definitely my halfway point MVP. Everything that he's done this season has been impressive. I thought I was going to be sneaky and go with Connolly. But no, you beat me to it, Julia. Uh, I'll go with Rudy Gobert instead. Mm. And we're all avoiding, like, the best obvious option anthony edwards because i think we want to like give these other guys credit too because it, it really is i'm not avoiding that <laughs> it we'll let ron take ant you can talk about ant man it there's a lot of elements that make this team tick the savvy veteran point guard the defensive minded center carl anthony towns becoming a wingman instead of a front man um nas reed the electric bench scorer and everyone's comfortable in those roles and Rudy Gobert last night even though 
Jaron Jackson Jr. posterized him a couple times. He's so engaged. He's so engaged every time down the floor. It's just a different level of intensity than we saw last year. And again, I'll recycle a take from the basketball party. The stats are very close to the same, if not worse in a couple areas for Rudy Gobert this year, just the pure uh, statistics. But it's the intangibles. It's him affecting a shot and preventing that shot. Like Ron said, Odama, Adama didn't want to shoot because Gobert was closing out on him so well. Um, just that intangible impact. He's got the best defensive rating on the team, obviously, and he is a blocks machine. I thought we were going to see a Rudy points, blocks, rebounds, triple-double last night because he had six pretty early in the third quarter, I want to say, um, and then had chances at a few more. But Rudy Gobert, just the the intangible, um, the opposite of a box score star. None of it really shows up in the stats. It's all effort. It's all size. And it's all just, um, it's part of what makes this team number one defensively. Ready. The Wolves whooped that trick last night. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what happened. Um, I, I think those are, are great suggestions for halfway MVP. Um, you look at the stat line from last night. Conley has 17 points. And, you know, some nights he's scoring in the single digits. Other nights they need him to be more of a scorer, and he can do that, which is valuable, very valuable to the team, plus 11 last night. Rudy Gobert, plus 20 last night. So great point by you, Sam, as well, because he's just affecting the game in so many different ways. But I'm going Anthony Edwards because they don't win that game without him last night. They don't they don't win the majority of their games without him being out there. I'm I'm sorry. It's it's Anthony Edwards. It's not I don't think it's not uh it's particularly close. I think it's Anthony Edwards far and away. Um I, I do want to see him, and this is so nitpicky as Ron likes to say, but I do want to see him get more into that 30 plus points a game territory to be considered with some of the other MVP candidates like Joel Embiid, Jokic, and, you know, Booker and all these other guys. But the dude is just a baller. Like, as Julia said, and I tweeted this last night, the Wolves are just so fun to watch. That game last night was just so fun to watch. And it's because, like, Anthony Edwards, I think it, I think it really started in the playoffs last year. That playoff performance that he had in a losing effort, no less, but like he grew up a little bit. And then he also um, attributed some of, you know, what he's doing now to his his play in USA basketball over the summer as well and learning from guys like Steve Kerr and Spo. And I think that kind of took his game to the next level. And so that that to me, the dude is playing at, at another level. You know, you're looking at Cat scoring in the you know in the teens on a night-to-night basis and that's just what it is because Ann is just taking over and doing what he has to do to make sure this team goes well yeah i'm not gonna even waste time anthony edwards that's my mvp when you watch him guys are scared of him when he gets the ball now he has absolute confidence once he gets going uh that step back three after he had a couple like drives and dunks that's what makes him so special is you don't you you have to defend everything now like he has a three, he has a mid-range. If he didn't have a mid-range jumper, he doesn't pull off the Vince Carter. 
because there's no reason to jump through. Most guys just be like, all right, I'm going to put my hand up and let this dude shoot because he ain't making it. Like, I love guys at the gym like that when you know you can just not guard them. Like, Rudy Gobert at the top of the key. Nobody's running at Rudy Gobert at the top of the key. They're like, go ahead, shoot the three. You haven't made one. Go ahead, do it. You can't do that to Anthony Edwards, which allows him to do some of the moves he's doing. And he's becoming on the defensive end. You saw some steals as well. You saw him play some tough defense. So he's a true two-way player. He is the MVP. He gives them life, uh, but he has to stay healthy as well. Like I, every time he goes up for a big dunk or layup and he falls, I'm like, oh, just just come on. Don't don't be hurt because that's what you don't want to see is like hit the back, hit the butt or something, and then you see them cringe. And now it's like, here we go. You know, you got to get to the finals. But I'm giving it to Anthony Edwards. Uh, really quick, we got a word from our sponsors, and then we're going to give you some locks because I know you guys are going to be dialed into the playoffs like I am this weekend. And so we're going to give you some locks to get you paid by FanDuel. But we got a word from our sponsors first. Yeah, we're about to give you the FanDuel locks. And if you want to join the fun for the NFL playoffs at FanDuel, you're a new customer, you want free $150, it's pretty easy. Sign up, bet $5, and you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed for just placing that $5 wager. You could put it on the Texans' money line at plus 330. You think they're going to upset the Ravens? Bet five, get like $18, and then another 150 That's a pretty good deal. You could also bet the Packers' money line. They're plus 350. There are some, some plucky underdog plays that we're going to get into in our FanDuel locks, but it's America's number one sports book for a reason. When you get that free 150, then you can really explore mm -hmm. the same game parlays, the parlay hub, build out a nice lucrative parlay for your NFL playoff weekend, bet the futures, bet NBA, bet NHL and college basketball at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, really quick before we get out of here. We're going to give you some locks, starting with you, Sam. All right. Like I alluded to, I like the underdog plays this weekend. I am going to go Texans plus nine and a half mm. at Baltimore. I think they'll stay in the game. I'm not bold enough to take the money line and say they'll win, but I like the points. Plus nine and a half. CJ Stroud is fearless. Um, if you want to pay a little extra, push that line to 10. That's a little better number. Get them plus 10 and uh, see if they can hang within a score of Baltimore. Mm. Reggie. Uh, it's pretty easy for me. Um, with this game with San Francisco, um, Brock Purdy, when he drops back to pass, it's usually going to two people, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk, and they have Brandon Ayuk plus 135 anytime TD score. Give me that. Hmm. Anytime TD score. Okay, I see you, Reggie. Julia. Um, so I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, I'm rooting on the Packers to lose. Not because it was necessarily – it was embarrassing. Yes, on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to pick the 49ers over the Packers because I have recently seen – a lot of videos come out from Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders talking about the disrespect that the Packers players showed towards them during that game. So I am rooting for the Packers to lose. I know some of our uh, people that listen are not our Packers fans because we're so close to Wisconsin, but uh, that is so unacceptable to me being disrespectful like that to 
you would get an unsportsmanlike conduct if it was a player that they were talking to. But I have seen lots of videos come out from Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders saying disrespectful, um, didn't know how to act while they were down there, despite how much they were winning by. Um, so I'm going to go. I, I just hope the 49ers in their Avenger squad um, puts the beat down on the Packers. I'm just going to go all four. I'm going to give you guys a parlay. You know, I love to do this. Hopefully this is the one that hits. $100 on this one gets you $1,155 plus $1,155. I'm going to go Ravens minus nine and a half. I'm going to go San Francisco minus nine and a half. I'm going to go the Lions minus six and a half. And I'm going to go the Buffalo Bills minus two and a half. So that's one way to do it. Now, if you want to go the other route, because I know Sam bought this up, going the underdog route, just if you want to see, just to give you an idea of taking the other way, it's not better, but it's close, 130 So $100 gets you 1300 bucks. A little bit better, but it's not better, in my opinion, because it's a bigger risk to take all the underdogs. I just told you I'm going Lions, 49ers, Bills, and Ravens. That right there, hopefully they hit. I'm going to be dialed in. We'll be watching. Hopefully you guys are watching. I want to thank Reggie, Julia, and Sam for joining us today on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Friday Roundtable. I'm Ron Johnson. Remember, you can get 24-7 sports on locked on minnesota's uh youtube channel just make sure and if you want to see because those listening on the podcast we thank the everydayers that have downloaded the podcast and listen daily uh but if you want to see julia daniels not know what to do with her hands make sure you go on to youtube 24 7 you can get vikings wild wolves you can also see julia daniels look like ricky bobby she doesn't know what to do with her hands uh or you can go on roku or amazon fire as well and you can also watch Locked On Sports Minnesota shows. I'm Ron Johnson again. I want to thank you guys and have a great weekend.